Welcome back to the Finding Idaho podcast. Finding Idaho is a division of Realty One Group Professionals in Boise, Idaho, and we cover the greater Boise area's real estate market. Uh, We like to promote small businesses and share about Idaho life in general. Today, we are sitting here with Paul Cubison. He is the owner of PacFi. We are going to get to him in just a little bit, but I wanted to just kind of share some uh, market stats with you guys, just like we had talked about last week uh, that we were going to do. So um, as of March 2022 for Ada County, now these are single family existing and new construction, um, but our sold units for the month of March was 794 in Ada County, median sold price. Five hundred and sixty-one thousand seven hundred and seven uh, average days on market was seventeen. So you compare that to uh, February twenty twenty-two. So just a, a month prior to, we had six hundred and thirty-two sold units, quite a bit less. A median sold price of five hundred and forty-four thousand four hundred ninety, and average days on market was actually a whopping twenty-nine. We had a little bit of a lull there. And uh, for a little bit in February um, and even March, I was kind of feeling like we were slowing down a little bit. Uh, but the numbers are kind of showing that we we slowed down and then picked right back into it. So uh, comparing March's numbers with the year before in 2021, um, where we had uh, 879 sold units, a median sold price of 461 I'm sorry, 460000 So that's up $100,000 year over year. Um, and average mark, days on market uh, last year for March were 16. So we're right about the same thing at 17 now. Um, looking over at Canyon County, March, we had uh, 491 sold units this last month. Uh, 437595 for a median sold price. And average days on market was 21 so comparing that to 2022, uh, February, month before, we had 407 sold units, uh, median sold price of 420909 and average days on market, again, was uh, 35. So Canyon and Ada counties both, uh, we had a, a pretty slow time there, January, February, kind of getting, getting going into the year. Um, of course, those are historically pretty slow months anyway in the winter, right? So um, some of that was stuff that was uh, residual from the end of last year. Uh, but comparing March for uh, 2021 of last year uh, in Canyon County, we had 447 sold units, 371,860 for a median sold price. So it didn't go up quite as much as Ada County did. Uh, but still a pretty significant jump year over year. And average days on market uh, in Canyon County, for whatever reason, last year uh, was only nine. So that's a a significant increase there. Um, If we look at just the most recent two weeks in uh, March here, um, I like to look at kind of more uh, the MLS as a whole of what's going on, um, at least in Ada and Canyon counties uh, for the entire uh, everything that can be listed on the MLS. So we're talking uh, not just single family, but we've got uh, townhouses and apartment complexes and condos and um, you know even uh, mobile home units. Um, but everything that was listed in March, the week of March, I'm sorry, the week of April 3rd, uh, the 
new listings we got that week was 441 total, and we had 383 uh, total pendings. So pending means that something went under contract during that week. Um, so you can see we had, uh, and prior to that, we had some, we had an increased amount of activity uh, or of new listings, and then we had uh, a decrease in how many went under contract. So we were kind of seeing those uh, separate just a little bit. Um, the week of April 10th, we had 411 new listings hit the market and 399 actually went under contract. Not of the ones that went listed, but uh, in totality of what was on the on the market, there were 399 that went pending during that week. So we can see that gap was kind of spread out and it's starting to close back in again which would you know, kind of indicate what we were seeing in that slowdown. And now um, it's, it's seeming like it's picking up, but we will keep an eye on that. Of course, if you guys want any more detailed information, don't hesitate to reach out if you're looking for uh, Gem County, Payette County, you know, anything else that's in the, the Treasure Valley here. I'm happy to get those numbers for you. Um, but uh, again, those numbers are specifically to Ada and Canyon County here. So, okay, getting into our guest here, we've got Paul Cubison with us. Thank you, Andy. Uh, so, Paul, I met you a few years back, I think, um, but tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing here, uh, where you're from, uh, how long have you lived here in Idaho, and, and kind of what brought you guys here. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast Absolutely. Always a pleasure to get together and, and work together. I like to hang out with you too. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So originally I'm from California. We moved here in 2020 uh, from San Diego. And one of the biggest motivating factors to get us up here to Idaho was spending more time with our family. Right. Um, we really enjoy the outdoors, uh, anything that has to do with just spending time fishing, camping, family time. Right. And getting up here was one of the driving factors for us to be able to do that. There's definitely a lot of those things here. Yes, absolutely. We love it. And uh, haven't looked back. Nice. Actually, we are going to be uh, having some people. I was talking to to some about uh, coming on to kind of talk about uh, camping and fishing and hiking and um, you know hot springs and just kind of exploring Idaho too. So that will be coming to the podcast, you know, here soon too. So nice. little teaser. Nice. So 2020, that it feels like you've been here a lot longer than that in my mind. Yeah. But it's only 2020. Okay. Yeah. Only a couple of years approaching our two-year mark here. Nice. Uh, next month, actually. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's exciting. Yes. Um, so you have a family. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, my wife, Ashlyn, and I, uh, we have two boys, Session Shane. They're eight and 10. Nice. And uh, just a two little bundles of joy. Keep us busy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely keep you busy. But uh, And how long have you guys been married then? Uh, we've been married since 2011. Nice. Yeah. So 11 years coming up on at least. Yep. Good, good. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your past experiences. Um, your, I know, um, you know, because we've had a lot of these conversations and stuff, um, that you very much, you and your wife both have a, a very entrepreneurial mindset. Um, tell us a little bit about that and uh, and kind of your experiences there in the in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it kind of all started back in '03. That's when I got into the mortgage business. Uh -huh. Started as a loan officer at a local brokerage. 
Um, uh, I, th- I would say it's probably been in my DNA, though. My dad has been a broker for 35 years. Nice. And I've just been, you know, learning from him, just growing up and just seeing everything he does. It kind of just resonated with me, and that kind of was instilled in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell in love with the industry. From there, I switched over to the wholesale side uh, in 06 and worked for a wholesale brokerage called Aegis Wholesale, mm-hmm. where I would actually call on shops. Um, that's where I met my wife. Nice. Uh, calling on a brokerage. Yeah, so... That was pretty cool. Um, Worked out pretty well then. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> did. Yep. Yeah, so I owe a lot to the mortgage business. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then I'd say about a year from there, when the market started to go bad, uh, it was just seemed like overnight. We got a phone call and boom, doors shut. No longer have a job. Mm. And that was kind of a, a turning point in my life. Um, Oh, it was when the market crashed, and I just did not want to have that, you know, fear again of working for someone or a company where that could happen again. And that's where the entrepreneurial spirit kicked in. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife and I, we started an online company along with a pool company, and we actually built that company from the ground up together while we were dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as the market started to get a little better, I started to, you know, get back into the swing of things with working through uh, my dad, since he's a broker. Mm-hmm. I hung my license with him, worked with him, and fast forward a, you know, a little bit from there, decided to get my own broker's license and start my own company. And that's nice. kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, wonderful. So uh, as of right now, is is PacFi the only business that you have, or are you running anything else? Yep. No, I still own the pool company. That's being managed and ran in California. Mm-hmm. Um my, Turns out pools are more prevalent <laughs> in California. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of them out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, still going, you know, mm-hmm. full speed out there. Um, and then I also now manage the brokerage that I have here mm-hmm. doing loans in Idaho and California. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You obviously still have quite a bit of uh, connection to California. We won't yeah. hold that against you, by yeah. the way. But uh. Part of it's still there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always find myself telling people, you know, we, we totally understand why people want to be here. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great place to raise your family. And obviously we love being here and, and raising our kids here, but, uh, well, I always just am telling my clients moving up from California, just don't, just don't forget why you exactly. wanted to come here. Yep. And, you know, don't, don't try to, don't mess this up for us. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a reason you moved. Exactly. Don't forget that. <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, but you know, it, I found that that's a, a pretty common story, you know, too. So, yep. um, okay. So. PacFi is now your mortgage lending business. Correct. Uh, does PacFi stand for anything? Uh, Pac Financial. Okay. Yeah. yeah, essentially, Pac part of it is Paul National Cubison. Nice. Our initials put together. Okay. And PacFi for short. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a great question, Andy. Uh, many people don't know the difference between um, a bank direct lender or a mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between a mortgage broker like myself is I solely deal with mortgages. Mm-hmm. I have the top wholesale lenders in the nation. Um, 
to be able to you know shop the loan through all of them and find the best program for my client. That's kind of key versus a bank, whereas they have you know checking, savings, auto loans, also do loans as well for homes. Mm-hmm. They don't specialize in that, and they only have a small you know box that they have to fit you in specifically for their program. Um, along with they have higher fees and generally higher rates. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have whenever I have a client that comes to me. Um, that has been shopped, you know, elsewhere, whether it's a local credit union or a bank, nine times out of 10, I'm beating their rate and their fees. Um, Direct lenders, on the other hand, they are also mortgage brokers like myself. However, they work for a specific lender only. They don't have a book of lenders, whereas myself, I have a whole list of wholesale lenders that we shop through. So you would have some different options potentially, um, you know, if it was outside of the norm. Correct. Yep. And that's kind of the the beauty of it. Um, I'm kind of a competitive guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in my nature, and I don't like to lose a deal. And when I was first getting the business and seeing that you have to either do one side or the other, um, I decided to go the brokerage side mm-hmm. where I have the options to <laughs> shop it and uh-huh. find out um, what I can do for my clients. Yeah. Right. Love it. So you have obviously a lot of different options there. Um, there can be, you know, useful for, for a myriad of things. Um, you and I have obviously worked together a few times. Um, for those of you uh, in the audience, uh, I actually was was blessed to be able to help Paul and Ashlyn uh, buy their house when they moved here. So that's how I got to know them in the first place. Um, and have just, we, we became friends pretty much instantly. Um, in fact, I think Ashlyn was a little irritated with us sometimes <laughs> when we were looking at houses because we were having more fun than we probably should have. But, yes. uh, but it was, uh, but it was awesome, you know, and I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but on the lending side, I've really appreciated uh, your ability to just work with a lot of different scenarios and different options. Um, there's been times where I have come to you and, and even asked for uh you know, stuff that was just really way outside of the box. And generally, you have options for those. I mean, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, something that is is a non-conforming loan is what we talk about in the industry. So, uh, so talk about what the difference is then with a conforming loan and a non-conforming loan. Is there uh, a major variance there? Yeah, so that's a good question. The differences between conforming and non-conforming basically are conforming would be your standard loan that would fit into the standard box of uh, your standard bank. Um, we offer those rates and programs in addition to non-conforming or non-QM, which would be your jumbo loans, your bank statement loans, self-employed loans, um, all sorts of different programs. And we also have a very interesting investment program called a DSCR program mm-hmm. that is pretty interesting to help investors as well. And we can, anybody has questions about that, you can reach out to me. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Nice. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some wonderful stuff out there. And, um, you know, I am always telling people, uh, look, if you have any questions or if you, you know, maybe think that you are not able to buy a house, um, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Um, to myself or to a lender, you know, any realtor is going to hook you up with a lender. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, one of the things that that gets we, we hear a lot of times is that, you know, people don't realize uh, what options they may have because they they think, um, you know, we've heard, let's say you mentioned self-employment, you, you know, we hear that you have to have two years worth of income and and all of these things. And while that's 
absolutely true for a conforming loan. Um, there's options out there for other things, and you may pay a little higher interest rate in that case because um, there's a higher risk to the one that's actually lending the money. Um, but but there's options, and so that's what I'm always telling people: reach out and ask, you know, and and talk to us. Um, you know, Paul and I both are are pretty uh, low pressure guys, you know, and and that's one of the things I've really appreciated about about you is, you know, we we both kind of run our businesses that way where we're um, excited and ready to help, you know, yep. but um, I, I'm not I'm not ever pushing and pushing on exactly. on people, and and I think you know most of my clients have appreciated that. You know, I think about about both of us when we're working together too. So definitely. <clears throat> um, okay, so what common questions or misconceptions do you get from buyers? And you know, a lot of times those typically come from first-time home buyers. But I think also yep. the ones that you know, I've worked with some people that haven't bought a house for thirty or forty years, and so they're very much not first-time, but they act like it in a lot of cases because things are different than they were in the 90s or the 80s, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the most common misconception is going to be, uh, do I have to pay an origination fee? Mm-hmm. Um, although that how that's how it was back in the day, as you would see, you know, upfront points that you're being charged for an origination fee, the lender pays me now. Um, so it's called a lender paid transaction, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have to pay for my services directly, uh, which saves the client money and less closing costs. So the most common question I get, too, from agents is, how quickly can I close? <laughs> or, <laughs> of course. Or uh, clients, yeah, they want to know, how quickly can we get to the funding table? Mm-hmm. And um, being pretty competitive, like I said earlier, and you know, having everything in order, I like to try clo- to close pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at you know, 17 days or less. Nice. Um, usually we're waiting because the seller doesn't want to do <clears throat> it too soon. They've got to move or whatnot. So right. <laughs> I'm usually waiting to close. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Yep. A lot of times we're, uh, we're we're pushing on one end or the other. Yep. Um, but uh, Or the other thing, you know, that I know has been a struggle, you know, right now for a lot of agents um, is getting the appraisal yeah. uh, in, you know, and so sometimes we're waiting on that appraiser. Yep. Um, do you have any do you have any tricks for getting the appraisal done faster? Yeah. Obviously, so it's out of your hands in a lot of cases. But yep. Yeah, correct. It's definitely out of my hands in the sense that <clears throat> I can't get the appraiser out there and mm-hmm. to get him to do the inspection. But uh, the biggest thing I can do is the moment we have a accepted offer, I am ordering that appraisal same day. I'm not waiting you know, a couple days or dragging my feet to get that order in to the right. AMC. So the quicker I can get that in and get it assigned an appraiser, the better. Yes. Um, okay, so what would you tell first-time home buyers right now? Um, I know I have a lot of conversations with them, and they uh, get pretty discouraged. Yep. And sometimes it's hard to be the you know bearer of bad news. And <laughs> some cases, you know, and sometimes they they just can't obviously buy a house right now because they're yep. the the numbers don't work for them. Um, but anybody that is you know in those FHA loan programs, um, you know the the ones for those of you that don't know. Um, you know that's typically the most commonly used one for a first-time home buyer, right? Um, what what would you tell them to encourage them, or what tips would you give them? Yeah, so the biggest tip I would say is make sure you're working with a brokerage like myself that can do TBD approvals, where you can actually have your file underwritten and approved before mm-hmm. you even having an address and an accepted offer. That way, when you're making offers, 
you already have some more power to go up against any cash offers knowing that you've been underwritten and have a stamped approval by the underwriter. Nice. Uh, second would be rates are going up. That's not changing and that's not stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would recommend is get in again with a brokerage like myself that has the option of doing what's called lock and shop, mm-hmm. where we can actually lock your rate as of today's pricing. And that's good for you know about 120 days or so, depending on how long we want to lock it for. And you can go shop and know that you have your rate secured. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Just, just you know, last week pricing is dramatically different from this week, and it's mm-hmm. going to continue to go up. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. So let's talk interest rates then. You brought up interest rates. Um, where are they at right now? Um, where do you think that they're headed? And, you know, I mean, it sounds like they're going to continue going up, and everyone I, I hear about, uh, you know, goes up. But um, I know, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we definitely had some dramatic jumps, you know, in the last few months with mm-hmm. rates rising. The Fed is not, you know, being gingerly about it at all. They first off were coming, you know, saying that they were going to raise rates slowly and introduce maybe two or three rate hikes throughout this year. Uh-huh. And that's has changed now since um, now that has changed since uh, there's about six more times they want to raise them in 2022. Wow. Yeah. So rates are going to be continuing to climb. Um, mm-hmm. But on a positive note, although they are rising, they are definitely lower than what they were, you know, years ago when sure. they were in like you know 11s or 12s. We've seen some scary high rates before. Right. This is more so <laughs> that would be my dad's time frame. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, we're not there yet, which is good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, though. It, you know, even though those interest rates are rising, though, um, you know, rent has been rising a lot, too. I mean, we keep hearing about people that are uh, being priced out of the rental market and, and having a hard time there. Um, so... What do you think about that as far as, you know, the, again, these first-time homebuyers are concerned? Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So anybody that's currently renting right now, as you know, 100% of your rent is going to someone else's mortgage. It's paying down their, you know, principal balance and giving them equity. Mm-hmm. It's essentially 100% interest rate if you want to think about it like that. So whether rates are going into the fives or whatnot, uh, you would be owning your own home, paying down your own principal, building your own equity. Right. So these rates where that right now compared to renting is a no-brainer to, to buy sure. and be able to own your own tangible home. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so, you know, I guess that would, for me, you know, I would want to go back to what we were talking about earlier is just make sure you come and, and talk to somebody. Um, you know, if you are renting if you know you think you might even have a chance, um, don't be don't be shy about that because we love to help and uh, we we want to have those conversations as early as possible. Um, you know because it, as Paul was saying, you know it's those rates are going to continue to increase. Um, I'm not seeing any slowdown now in the market. In fact, it's yeah. just picking up speed, um, and so you know. Talk to people. Don't be afraid to just, uh, you know, at least start that ball rolling and that conversation. And, and if we can lock in rates, if there's something that's, you know, doable for you, uh, we'll, we'll do that. So um, anyway, Paul, it was great having you on. Appreciate your feedback. Um, Paul Cubison will have his information uh, here down below uh, as well. But uh, 
can you throw out your your number and uh, or a way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Email or or phone or both. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can call me directly on my cell. It's two zero eight eight zero seven zero three seven zero, and uh, my email would be paul at pacfi Nice. Okay. Definitely. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, don't be afraid to subscribe to. We'll have more information coming up in future podcasts about life in Idaho, some small businesses around here, and uh, particularly as things uh, relate to the real estate market. We will continue to do uh, updates on the market um, about uh, once a month at the beginning of the month. We'll we'll put those out there for you so you've got uh, current numbers, but don't ever hesitate to reach out and, uh, we'll get more to you. So thank you guys and have a great rest of your day.